For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to another evening of Jaybird watching your Toronto Blue Jays barroom chat, the official podcast of fansided.com, jaysjournal.com. This evening, have a couple special guests with us. We have Ken Alfred of a few different podcasts and voiceovers and all over the internet, um, trying his hat with the Blue Jays tonight, and not just his Toronto Argonauts shirt. What are <laughs> and then we also have... <laughs> it's not <laughs> sorry <laughs> so and then we have blue jays dad with us from twitter on blue jays fans nate um you know fame gentlemen how are we doing this evening doing all right thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us uh happy to be on the uh on the show and to ride this wave yeah, we are in a heck of an up and down wave at this point, <laughs> but mostly up after last night in the Vladdy walk off. Another wonderful evening from Kevin Gosman on the mound. So let's just dive into the fun, guys. Tonight, the Blue Jays are currently playing at the Rogers Center, leading by one after a George Springer home run. But there is that wonderful wild card that we have on the hill this evening, and his name is Jose Barrios. So... Mr. Blue Jays dad, you want to give me the 411 on your thoughts on the what the has been a wave ride for the Blue Jays and Jose Barrios over the last week? Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean Jose Barrios, I uh, you know obviously, well not obviously, but he's my favorite pitcher. Like when you just talk about favorite personalities, approach stuff, uh, he, he's the the one that I have the most fun watching, the one that I I want to succeed the most on the team. <laughs> I know he's got some competition that way with Manoa and Gosman and others, but uh, he's kind of my guy since uh, the Jays acquired him from the Minnesota Twins last summer. That was big news down here where I am in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, depending on which fans you talk to, we were getting hosed or they were getting hosed. You know, um, I was actually talking to uh, a fan here in Starbucks yesterday talking about Barrios, and I'm like, yeah, I, I was describing his struggles about how He's lights out, and then he can't get out of an inning. And uh, and that's uh, the fans said, yeah, that sounds like Jose Barrios. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's not the best news in the world. But I think I saw a tweet earlier today that Barrios is 7-1 and one at home, and I believe that one loss was opening day. I think I didn't look into that, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's opening day where I think Jose Barrios, out of anyone on the J staff, was – heavily impacted by a uh, shortened spring training. And 
maybe that's a part of his struggles that just lasted the whole year. Um, obviously, we all know what it feels like when you throw a ball without warming up. And I can hardly imagine uh, what that would, you know, just uh, on, a, on a much bigger scale, uh, ramping your arm up uh, before uh, to competitive levels and then co- competing with that before you've had your normal um, work up to that. So anyway, I'm a huge uh, Brios fan. Uh, we, we thought maybe he'd be a number one, but he's now probably more of a number five, but a five <laughs> that can, that can come out, out there with an ACE performance. So um, what I, 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 what I liked about the Jays rotation heading into this year was a lot of swing and miss type of stuff from these starters. And I think when you, when you start uh, Gosman, Manoa and hopefully Barrios uh, versus any club in MLB. Um, they have the stuff to be able to get swings and misses out of their best hitters. So I, I, I'm hoping for better things for Barrios, more consistent consistency as the postseason begins and, and hopefully to the World Series. So you brought up an interesting point, and funny enough, with you being a Minnesota Twins fan and me being in what used to be the the Minnesota Twins' minor league team here in Rochester, New York, I got to see even earlier Burrios. And this has been a story all the way through until current, the ups, the downs. It just hasn't been this extreme. There was always he'd throw a net, you know, an egg in the middle of some of those starts, but it would be like a four-run you know, start, not uh, like our opening day start. He gave up, what, six runs, I think, in the first inning. And I didn't even make it past two outs. <laughs> so it's how it is, but it's been a roller coaster to that point. Um, I'm going to let Ken field this piece of the conversation that I think you uh, touched on here pretty well. And the fact is warming up and actually getting to where you need to for a season. And this is a piece of for all baseball players this year that got severely interrupted with the lockout and spring training being delayed and then shortened. How can, how much do you think that weighed into the fact that he just wasn't ready when the season started and those training issues have lingered throughout the season? Yeah. I mean, if you brought up a good point, like you said, I like the analogy that he was talking about just trying to warm up and just not throwing with a cold arm. That's what it kind of seemed like he was doing with, with that shortened season. What's right. Without shortened warm up. Yeah, that, that, that's going to really throw a monkey wrench into it. Because how, how long is the no, warm-ups normally? So that they, remind, remind me again, how many games, or sorry, how much time do we have in between? It's about two games and then, uh, but it's over the course of about four or five weeks spring training usually. So yeah, that's a whole five. window that got shoved down into like two and a half weeks this year. Oh, God, that two and a half weeks, no. That, that, you, you, <laughs> if Not to say that most players are probably just easing up during the during the offseason. I'm sure that is the case, but you need to peak. And I, I used to be a, tra- a personal trainer back in the day, so when I used to train my clients, I'd always try to make sure when are you going to peak at the right time, especially when they were a client, especially when they were an athlete. So I think that totally yep. translates into this game right now. Like if, if you do not have enough time to really – Get all the nooks and crannies kind of worked out on, you're definitely going to struggle. Like Rushing it is not a good thing. It's never a good thing. I think you hit the other part of that whole equation, too, uh, there, Ken, as far as the peak. (laughs) We haven't seen him peak fully this year. It's been the ups and downs like we've been talking. Absolutely. Um, Blue Jays, Dad, do you think that he peaks at the right time here, that he at least becomes a valuable piece at back end with – Alec Manoa, Gosman, and what has been an emergent Ross Stripling that has been locked down. And I don't know how you take step back and think in a 
you know, five game series to start the playoffs off with that you're not thinking it's those three guys starting it. So you run with that however you might. No, I, I think you gotta you gotta look at Bruce <laughs> as um <laughs> as um Live TV. for show. Just for show. Just for show. Um, yeah, I, I think you got to go with Barrios, um, you know, in your postseason rotation ahead of Stripling uh, because of his ability to have an ace uh, level uh, start. And if you can get that from your number three, which looks like a deep drive to center field caught by Springer on the morning track, if you can get <laughs> excellent play by play um, skills. Uh, you can, um, yeah, I, I think you just have to have Barrios on a short leash. I think it's pretty evident when he doesn't have it. And uh, this is a, I don't mean to change subjects, but I think yeah. what, we, what we saw from John Schneider last night, walking Aaron Judge to load the bases, to move that runner to third and load the bases, you see that John Schneider is willing and skilled, uh, gutsy, courageous at managing um, aggressively when it needs to, when the game needs to be managed. We didn't see that with Charlie Montoyo. He would stick with kind of the status quo and be very hands off. I'm excited that uh, much like Gibby, John Gibbons managed in the 2015 um, di- uh, division series, R.A. Dickey on a short leash brings in David Price at, in middle of the game, relieving when you have a do or die game the next day too. You had game five coming up. And then he went with Stroman in that game. So anyway, I like aggressive managing. I think Barrios will benefit from John Schneider and uh, short leash for his uh, starts. But he's got that potential for an ace outing, and that's uh, what I'm going to be hoping for. Interesting. Yeah, and to, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what is your guys' thoughts on when he did walk Judge, I guess, near the, last, near the end of the game yesterday? to load the bases. Was that a good thing or was it a bad thing in your opinion? Because I'm sure Aaron Judge is close to really hitting, breaking the record. And I think I chatted with Craig about this before. I think no pitcher, especially a Blue Jay pitcher, wants to be the one that gives up that home run. So would you guys have done the same thing or would you th- do you think you would have, you know, changed it up and just say, let the pitcher try to test his luck against Judge? Jay's dad, you're the guest. You get to go first. Uh, <laughs> absolutely the right thing. Um, I mean, it, it made me nervous pitching to Rizzo with the bases loaded. Obviously, any type of a pass ball or um, infield hit is going to score a run, um, but uh, I or a, or a walk. I mean, that's the really the, the nervous part about in loading the bases is that now you cannot issue a base on balls. Um, but with Judge of the Plate, you got to do it. You can't let him beat you in that situation and. Yeah, I, I think it was absolutely right. I don't think Charlie Montoyo makes that move. I agree with you a thousand percent that Montoyo doesn't make that move. Um, my worry with Montoyo was he was always too married to the stat sheet, and he was only going by the data. I love that Schneider will take that into consideration, but it's not the gospel to him. He'll go with his gut, and we've seen that. But back to the Aaron Judge thing, I don't see how you – you don't want your their best player to beat you. And I think that's what it is at the end of the day, because Aaron Judge, I'm sorry to say, is one of the best players in Major League Baseball at this moment, and he's just shredding everybody. (laughs) So, and not to mention, I think Gosman said it best, I don't want to be the answer to a trivia question. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's a great way to put it. Absolutely. 
I think he walked, and, and it doesn't even matter who's batting behind him. Rizzo is a high-caliber player one way or the other, and he's having a really good resurgent year. Um, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's at 30 home runs, and he hasn't done that in a few years. 32. So, 32. 32. he's up right now, and they had his stats up there right <laughs> now. And so I was appearing smart, but I'm not. It was just right in front of me. Well, thank you for being the honest Blue Jays dad that you are. I'm, I'm <laughs> and, uh, usually trustworthy. <laughs> so, but to that point, he's no slouch, you know. Yeah, he's a guy that's got a lot of swinging and miss in his game, but he has been a plus run producer his whole career with plenty of thunder. And he's playing in a stadium like the Rogers Center that is death alley down both, <laughs> both lines, which is where he pulls the damn ball down the right field line. So there was no... Just as you said that, he just batted in a run. Right when you said run producing, the player... (laughs) He hasn't shown up on my feed yet. (laughs) Sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) I've I've been known to spoil big at-bats at MLB stadiums with live video. Um, So I... Did you see that? that. (laughs) See what? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, but just to be this guy, because I'm the weird one that's in Rochester, New York. I can't watch the damn ball game right now unless I go through oh, three VPNs right. and bounce my oh, signal off of five wow, satellites yeah. because it's a New York Yankees state. Yeah. Oh, and then well, if I do get to listen to it, I get to listen to the lovely Michael K, who can't even pronounce half the guy's names on the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> Have you seen the pronunciation uh, sheets? That you can get on MLB's websites. Each team has a has a list of names and and how to how to say them. I've been in broadcast booths that they give you those sheets, and Michael <laughs> K still ignores it. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm talking minor league baseball. I use being a a member of Jays Journal and doing this for as long as I have been doing it. I've had the pleasure of meeting all the minor league announcers through the oh, Blue wow. Jays system, and being a good friend of the Bluefield Blue Jays when they were still part of the, uh, you know, affiliates, Zach Helton would let me come and just hang out in the booth with him. Guess what he had in his hand all the time for the opposing teams. <laughs> and so then I, same I, thing as I went through uh, the Lansing Lugnuts and hung out with Jesse Goldberg, Strassler, and all those guys. They always had a sheet that this is how you say the guy's name. Run with it. <laughs> okay, so a- a- answer answer this question. What's the craziest experience you had with, in your experience of, of uh, broadcasting and, and being in that scene in the minor leagues. Tell me your craziest story. So um, it was in Bluefield. Shocking. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. That will happen. And um, I was in the booth with Zach Helton, and I, I was the third guest that night. He had Smokey the Bear <laughs> and Grady Little, of all people. Wow. Now, if you don't know who Grady Little is for the casual baseball fan or anybody that is a Blue Jays fan and doesn't like the Red Sox, <laughs> shocking. Um, Grady Little is the manager that was infamously known for being the guy that left Pedro Martinez on the mound a little bit too long in 2003, which led to a Yankee comeback and the Red Sox getting knocked out of the postseason. So. The story goes, Grady Little got his minor league baseball managing career started, who at the time was the Bluefield Orioles. They got off to some horrid start where they went like 
over 20 or something like that, or won like two games out of 20 games, whatever it was. Apparently he comes in, and this is a story he told us in the box that night. And I'm just sitting there because I didn't have a microphone at that point. <laughs> just absorbing this, you know, baseball gentleman's years of knowledge. And he's telling that he took all the bats out of the bat rack and kind of like planted them like tombstones on the outfield warning track and said, this is where hits go to die tonight. We're going to win tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just the pleasure of being in the right place at the right time to gather that story but oh my god where do you get something weird like that right that's very cool so this history lesson brought to you by jay bird watching <laughs> thank you for the sound bite guy <laughs> and then the other second weird one i was in the ballpark one of the nights where jesse goldberg strassler does it for the lansing lug nuts he does a game old school where he gets everything relayed to him and he's sitting there doing like the click with the bat and <laughs> everything like that for the radio and the announcing in the ballpark. That was entertaining to watch because like I said, he's doing everything being relayed to him through like counts and hand signals. And <laughs> I didn't know about that whole thing until I was watching some baseball movies and I was like, oh, they actually make those sound effects like that. This is when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Good to know. Yeah, Bull Durham especially. I love how they showed that for the uh, the away games and stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, we were talking Aaron Judge and walking through so after we got sidetracked into, into this sidetracked into the fun history. stories. Yes. So, eventually, that inning because like we were about to dive into this anyway. So, thank you for reading ahead of the script. <laughs> the um, Toronto Blue Jays end up getting out of that inning, and progress into more in you know, the, the bottom half of extra innings. Kevin Biggio starts on second base and that inning turns into what looked like was going to be a frowner for the Blue Jays in that inning for a second after Bobachette hits an absolute scream that Aaron yeah. Judge and his wicked tallness happens to catch. <laughs> um, Blue Jays dad, do you want to give me the play by play seeing you were doing such a good job on the Vladdy uh, walk off? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I had the same sense, uh, two outs, and I thought, you know, they weren't going to um, maybe pull it off that inning. And, and there, there, there's a sense now where extra innings, I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but it seems like extra innings now goes into the visiting team's favor, um, where it's like right away the home team is could be have their backs up against the wall um, pretty easily because of that runner on second. But um I was surprised after thinking about it why they didn't walk Vladdy. Um, <laughs> Same argument. And and even who was after Vladdy? Kirk? Kirk, it, who had been it, doing pretty well that night. Yeah, so you could yeah. even have walked both of them and loaded up the bases because a single is going to score that runner from second because there's two out. It doesn't matter. Right. That runner's going on anything. So to put him over at third increases the risk just a little bit, but not terribly much. And I don't know. Do you want Vladdy to beat you? I don't. Um, I the mean, biggest thing is that would create force outs at all the bases, too. So no matter where you yeah. hit it, you'd be able to get to somebody. And to that point, also, Matt Chapman would have been the batter, I think. Yeah, and I think uh, even though Chapman's been hot lately, I mean, he's already up to 27 <sighs> I mean, already. I mean, we're at the end of the season, but 27 dingers, it didn't look like he was going to get close to 30. And yeah. uh, and now he's uh, right up there uh, close to the team lead. So, yep, um, 
I think you got to walk Vladdy in that situation at least. Yeah. What are you thinking, Ken? Do you think that it, would t- it turned out in perfect harmony with the Blue Jays getting a 117-mile-an-hour single, I think is what it ended up being? <laughs> yep. Whatever helps get us to that one one step closer to the playoffs, I'm all for. So, yes, absolutely. It played, looks like it played right into our hands right there. So, Vladdy, because I was worried about him when I was watching the last few games against, uh, I think it was, it was the last team we played, it was, it was against Tampa, where he was kind of like struggling for a few of those games. There was like 0 for 4, and then suddenly... He started coming alive near, near the end of the game, so I was not, I was glad to see him uh, really help out in this last game as well. That uh, that, that brought us to the one step closer. So hopefully, yep. he'll, hopefully, the magic number three. right at three. It's right at three, <laughs> right now. I know. I think we're are we are we are we down right now? Luigi dead. I'm two, just on two one two one two one on the, on the uh, bottom of the third, and uh, Merrifield is up. Okay. Yep, there you go. Speaking of guys, that hit. had a hell of a night. <laughs> and Judge has not hit a home run yet, so that's why we're, we're nothing yet. No, although if I was there and, and positioning myself for an Aaron Judge uh, home run ball catch, I would bring my own baseball. And when that ball came down, I would bounce mine. I'd bounce it, <laughs> distract everybody, and went, run and grab the authenticated one. <laughs> look, what all, look what I found. They're all pre-authenticated. So you're yeah. not going to, you know, make, you know, ruin the not baseball fool world. With the yeah, you're just right. going to distract them. All right, gentlemen, would you keep the ball if you caught it, or would you actually give yes. it back? I don't know. It really, I think it would depend on the player. Aaron Judges, I think I'm happy putting on my uh, mantle because, you know what, I'm not a Yankee fan. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want him to be happy. <laughs> Yeah, how about, how about you, a baseball Blue Jay dad? Sorry, uh, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be worth a million bucks. So, yeah, I mean, you want to give away a million bucks to uh, someone that makes you know hundreds of millions? I I just uh, <laughs> I, I think that you, you got to hold on to that ball. I mean, I, I, Albert Pujols is saying that oh the fans can keep it, but obviously we're talking about collectors. We're not just talking yeah. about the player. We're talking right. about collectors. I think you got to take that ball. You got to hide that thing, and you got to book it out of <laughs> out of that stadium. Forget the loony dogs; just get out of there. Well, no, I, I'm I'm all for keeping it too. But then I know if 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 my wife Mrs. K was here, she's like, we can get a million for that, and it's just sitting there. You know, it's just sitting there. You better give it back. You take the million. We could use that yeah. million. I'm like. But how often is anyone ever going to break this record, right? I mean, when was the last time this happened again? It was when? 99. No, well, right now, 99 was Mark McGuire and Sosa. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, McGuire Sosa days. Well, this will be the all-time record for the American League. So this oh, hasn't right. been done since Roger, Merit, uh, Roger Maris. So oh, this wow. is a big one. This is a, like the all-time American League um, home run title. So... I think you got to take that ball. You got to run. You got to sell it to the highest bidder uh, a few weeks later. <laughs> yeah. And then to be this one, he had 61 in 61, just, <laughs> 1961, just to be, you know, fun with numbers. Oh boy. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Engineer by day, math nerd. <laughs> so, but to that point, um, I thought it, I got to mention this to you too, because I had Ian Hunter on the, uh, show the other day from uh, the daily hive and we were talking about he had an article out recently uh, it was about the random merchandise 
that was out in Blue Jays auction website. And okay. I just want to get a reaction from the two of you on this because this has dawned on me. One of the things was the weirdest thing I've ever seen and is technically Blue Jays merchandise. And it's apparently they have broken pieces of the old Jumbotron in center field up yeah. into little foot by foot sections. And they're selling them for like, like 400 bucks. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's do not they, like you're going to wire the they, whole Jumbotron in your room. Do they break them up according to Pixel? It That's basically what I think it was. It, it wasn't high definition back then, so it's like, here's a Pixel. Here's a Pixel. Yeah. I want one of the ones that, like, Delgado broke a piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that, you know. Not the fully functional, it's been there for a million years, doesn't have any story to it. Because all everybody's going to do is, like why that, do you have though. random electronics hanging on your wall? <laughs> How do you authenticate stuff like that, though, man? It's like a broken piece of the Jumbotron. How do you, you know, it's like saying I have Michael Jackson's it's glove. A conversation you know, piece. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Unless they, way too much video uh, history uh, diving there. Yeah. So. Either case. One of the other, yeah, one of the other ones was, um, crap, I'm blanking. Oh, dirt from the home game from the return from COVID. From the infield. Yeah. And... Is, there COVID, is there COVID included in the dirt? Because that... I don't know about yeah. that. As a guy that's already had it three times, and I'm vaccinated, by the way. I'm okay not having to deal with any more COVID. How, how about this one? How, how about, why don't they start selling? Like, I was thinking last night, I was watching the game, and I saw this big wad of bubble gum come out of Aaron Judge's mouth. Like, why not? Why did, and then I tried a few Quick sellers. Does the bat boy need to pick this stuff up? Like it's artificial turf. It's just gonna be all sticky and everything. So I'm I, I, gotta of pick that up. And then like God, Kevin Gosman does that every inning. He chucks his gum after the umpire checks his hands and before he walks in. So is this like a routine that the bat boy's gotta run out and get that piece of gum every inning? But here's the big question. Is the is Aaron Judge's bubble gum, is that worth something? Like if that bat boy picked it up. Put it on eBay. This is his piece of gum from his 61st home run hitting game. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna land him a few hundred <laughs> at least. I, so I mean, just to be this guy, about, like that. Think about it like this: Joe Carter. Let's say he was chewing bubble gum when he hit the 93 World Series oh, winner, and he spit it on the ground, and then that's somebody it. grabs it. Someone Jay's, grabs it. Jay's Care <laughs> auction. That would go for something. Well, I think what they they currently have on the auction, or it's part of the 50-50 draw or whatever, is that 1993 autograph team Gatorade cooler, right? <laughs> it's not any different right. than that. It looks like some. It looks like one of them just sat there and freaking ha- that hacked at it a million times, and hey, let's autograph it and sell it to charity. <laughs> Great idea. So just to be this guy and not to be terribly gross or anything, but I heard this during, uh, I'm a big comedy buff and I love listening to roasts and stand-up comedy and everything. Um, uh, During the roast of Charlie Sheen, William Shatner was one of the roasters. And he comes up and he's talking about, oh, Charlie Sheen, you think you're the warlock? I sold one of my kidney stones online at an auction. (laughs) And it turned it into a full-on house for Habitat for Humanity. Who's the warlock? (laughs) (laughs) So somebody will buy it. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So fun with history. (laughs) Fun with history. And then the last stupid thing that was on there was... Not even it was Blue Jays adjacent, 
It just happened to happen in the Rogers Rogers Center, and it was baseballs that were in the game that were in circulation on the field during Justin Verlander's no hitter that he threw against the Blue Jays. Oh, oh wow! For the mere hundred twenty five dollars a pop. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, like we were talking about with the Aaron Judge thing, your Blue Jays adjacent history, and, it, and there you go. That's your bubblegum cell right there. There it is. There my, it is. My biggest regret is back in, it was probably 2012. What was the first season uh, Munanori Kawasaki was on the team? And something um, like that. It must have been 2012 because he was on it through 2015. So it, it was in the earliest 2012, maybe 2013. So so I was at the Rogers Center in, in the day shop, and they were selling the opening day canvas banners that they would hang, mm-hmm. like, from the ceilings or whatever. Oh, from the outside of the yeah. arena and stuff? Yeah. I guess, yeah. They were huge. like, <laughs> And they were only, like, 50 bucks. And... I don't. I think the reason I didn't get one is because how do I get this home? I mean, it was so. Big. <laughs> yeah, you going to Minnesota? Yeah. And, uh, Meanwhile, Ken's yeah. going to drape it down the side of his building that he lives in. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I that, that's my big one of my biggest regrets. Like I would just love to have a big opening day banner. Like it was the heavy canvas sign kind of stuff, you know. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All we got was a towel back in twenty. I think it was sixteen. We went to the Jays opener. And yep. it's just a little towel like this, and it's just a rally towel. And I think my cats sit on it now, so I don't know what happened to them. So. <laughs> I think that's funny because I went to one in probably 2013. Whatever year, the first year, Benji Molina was on the team. They were giving out oh, towels, wow, too. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to a few home openers being, you know, a whole three, three and a half hours here in Rochester, New York, away from Toronto. It takes longer to get back to where I live because, you know, the U.S. border is so convenient. <laughs> so, yeah. But... No, it's always a good time. So, where was I going? I lost it. <laughs> okay. Is there anything you guys want to add to our fun, wonderful tangent that we just got off? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you, I'll tell you one small thing, and you guys are talking about the whole spitting thing, about the gum and everything. I was, watch, I was, I was showing my son Mr. Baseball, if you guys remember that movie. And uh, I guess it's different when you see how it was back then, like in terms of baseball, how everything was kind of portrayed. And all you see them, they're spitting gum, they're spitting sunflower seeds, they're spitting everything. And then my son goes to me, he's like, Dad, why do they keep spitting? Baseball players are gross. And I just said, you know, and I said, son, you know, they just, you got to spit something. That's the only thing I said to him. Because I didn't know what to say. I'm like, I don't know. Why, why do they spit so much? I'm sure their throats, uh, they need to, their throats dry maybe. I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's the the dust and the dirt. There you, you go. You know, you're, you're you're breathing that stuff in. It's all over the place, and then you just get addicted to spinning when you're on the field. You know, you do it for a legit yeah. reason a couple of times, then you're hooked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because you mentioned that because um, I didn't really notice how much I did it, even just playing slow pitch softball and goofing around with my friends, until it was like. If you want to play COVID or during COVID, you will not do these things. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was one of the things <laughs> you don't I was do. about to say. Everybody's right? sitting there going like this in between with hand sanitizer, handing the bat back and forth to each other and, <laughs> and everything. And I'm sitting out at second base going, oh, wait, don't do that. <laughs> I, I was coaching travel baseball uh, for four, 14U, 14-year-olds, 14 uh, right when, well, it was the, the in June, right after the you know, um, COVID had hit in, in, in February or March or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. We were back on the field that June. And uh, the rule was the kids had to, players had to sit 
um, you know, whatever it was, four feet away from each other in the dugout, like spread out. How do you keep 15, you know, uh, 14-year-olds? <laughs> all they're doing is, like, pushing each other and, you know, all the time. It was it was pretty hilarious. We, we, we did not uh, live up to that standard. Yeah. Not to mention there's always that one prankster in the dugout at that age that's going to sit down on the edge of the bench and try to slide everybody down one way or (laughs) whatever it might be. Um, And Ken, seeing I know you're getting your son interested in baseball and you're trying to find more movies for him. Rookie of the year, Little Big League. Little Big League? There you go. (laughs) Two classic kid ones. (laughs) Exactly. It's funny because I coached his little league for the last two seasons, and he said, "Dad, I want you to coach again next season, but not coach me." Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a true. I'm sure we can do something. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but why not? Why how not? Old is he wants to delegate you to the bullpen coach. <laughs> Pretty much. My son is eight. My son Gabe is eight eight years old. So, awesome. yeah. But uh, anyways. Back to back to what we were here going to chat about. <laughs> Aside from talking about uh, bodily functions of spitting stuff, and uh, apparently kidney stones of William Shatner. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what was your latest thought on the last six game road trip that just happened? We survived Tropicana Field is my single word evaluation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we survived. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was. I think it was finally about time that they had a uh, couple games in a row there to run with. What are you thinking, Blue Jays' dad, at least for that series? Well, I was happy with the split. After the first two games, you're like, oh, my goodness, is is uh, the postseason in jeopardy. And so it was nice that they came back and, and split that series. Yeah, especially after they got completely decimated those first two games and getting knocked around for 10 runs in each game. That was a little rough to watch, even for the most Blue Jays of Blue Jays fans. I tortured myself and kept watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you were the one of the other ones, Blue Jays dad. I remember seeing you. Is anybody still watching? <laughs> like, nope. I was too down. Du- I was too down. I'm like, yeah, I want to send something, but I'm okay. I'm just going to like Charlie Brown over here. <laughs> so. Um, but to that point, then splitting with Philadelphia, who is also in the same kind of ballpark as our wildcard cohorts, they're, they're fighting for their lives to stay in this. And the fighting Phils were able to, you know, steal one game away from us because that was, I think how, what a very, very winnable game. And obviously, uh, bullpen issues, which is the next topic. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. That was the three run homer that Vladdy hit in the eighth. Correct. And then correct, sir. Okay, yeah, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, that one was very heartbreaking indeed to watch. Uh, Romano, of all people, and uh, then you know Bass and company also having problems. And uh, as good as I want to say, I, 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 mind you, I'm a very big John Schneider fan, and I love everything that the team's done with him and putting him in that position and the whole how he got to there. I love the story, and he's going to be perfect for the job. Lately, some of these decisions in the bullpen have kind of at least perplexed me. The fact that Anthony Bass, of all people, who's having a great season, I think it was they were saying the other night he hadn't pitched for seven days. That's a long time for a bullpen arm to, like we were talking about earlier, just stay fresh to be able to help and contribute to the team. And to that point, 
Jordan Romano also has come out and said repetitively that he loves the new system, that he's getting these innings consistently and gets to chew on it because he does feel like he's staying fresh and loose and ready to run with it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's not overworked, just able to, you know, keep working his craft. What do you think, Blue Jays, Dad, about the uh, bullpen fun that we've been having lately? Uh, I, I think when it comes to day's rest, like, we never know the injuries that they're facing. So, you know, there's a lot of, even when you see guys running down first base and they're maybe not hustling, uh, we don't know what's wrong with their legs. I think Guriel has had something wrong with his legs Especially. all year long. Um, they pinch run for him in the ninth if it's a key situation. So obviously he's been hobbling or hobbled uh, for the entire season. Uh, bullpen arms, uh, I would say that if, if you see an extended gap, I mean, for your closer, you're going to have that maybe if there weren't save situations. Um, yeah. But I think in other cases, I would just assume maybe there's a bit of dead arm, soreness, just something that they wanted to give some extra um, time to. And the team mm-hmm. is under no obligation to disclose that stuff. And a lot of times yeah. you don't want to because it, it uh, gives an advantage, an edge to the opponent. Um, but yeah, It's I, like tipping your hand in par- cards. Right. I can't exactly. use these cards. <laughs> Good point. Exactly. Good point, actually. And, and, and about the uh, Phillies, um, that game where uh, Romano uh, lost it, he, he threw five consecutive sliders to Kyle uh, Schwarber. And uh, I... I I even asked Gibby on Twitter, like, what's up with that? Like, why five consecutive sliders? Because we know that the more a batter sees a pitch, um, the, the favor goes towards the batter. Uh, you know, you're just timing it up here. And uh, I don't know why, but Romano likes to not throw his fastball as much. And I think he just has to trust his stuff. I think he's got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Use that thing with the slider. But he gets slider happy, and a lot of his slider happiness happens thigh high down the middle of the plate. It does happen, and and it's uh, it, it's it's frustrating because you know the stuff is there if he'll if he'll go for it. So um, once again, seeing last night him get the swing and misses on Stanton, and then that one uh, questionable check swing ring up. Um, I think if if uh, you can get swings and misses like that out of your bullpen in the postseason, you're going to go a long way. Yeah, and sorry, guys. Let me ask you this then. So, ideally, aside from starting pitchers, when you have the middle relievers and the closers, how much rest should they generally get? Right. I mean, obviously, the closer can obviously close almost every single game, right? Assuming it's just just for that one inning, right? They're not going to be pushing out longer than they need to. Yeah. But how much do you, how much does a middle reliever need? So, to your point, uh, Blue Jays, that I think right now it's. Um, you're looking at Romano like back-to-back days at the most, you know, things like that. So they do sprinkle in a day's rest, yeah, three days maybe, at the most. May, maybe three. Like when it's three, that's – Mission not- critical. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you talk the other guys, they're they kind of almost hippity-hop days. So if Garcia 
pitches one day, then Bass pitches in that same spot the next day, and they kind of keep piggybacking like that. Yesterday was an exception where they got both of them into the game, and we saw Bass had some uh, issues struggling with his uh, control a little bit there. But um, I think that every other day, day, you know, within a three-day window is the sweet spot that they want to be trying to get them to pitch in. And we have, what, seven guys in the bullpen right now, I think? So, I mean, the, the it's a lot of work to juggle. The the exception is Adam Adam Simber. Who, I was about who to say la- Simber. Yeah. Who, who last night appeared in his hundred and sixty second appearance of the year, and he said Which he's is... ready to go again tomorrow. No, um, <laughs> he's like every night. And uh, so my son in law, who's um, uh, 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 in school to be a chiropractor, he he's not. We're converting him to be a baseball fan. So my daughter and. <laughs> He's he's uh, in the family, and so he goes to the games with us and things like that. Uh, he was mentioning how it's a lot less wear and tear on an arm to throw like Simber does, and uh, all these muscles just, across your chest instead of coming over the top. Yeah, and so that's why he's a Simber fan because he just likes that movement. And uh, Simber, you know, like he he had his struggles a few a couple weeks ago, and now he's lights out again. Uh, Jimmy Garcia. Now he's going through the tough bout where it looks like he's throwing batting practice um, at times, you know, for giving up some homers lately. But all these guys go through different stretches, and I think that's why you see different times where Simber, he'll probably be out there again tonight if they need him. Um, probably will Garcia be. maybe needs a little bit more rest. Um, so it's always different, but yeah, I, I don't think you see a guy more than two games in a row unless you're Adam, Adam Simber. Yeah. And to that point, you mentioned the hundred appearances for Simber. That's a hundred, almost a hundred innings too. It's not just yep. he showed up I for th- one batter because of all the wonderful rules in baseball that you have to pitch three batters now. All <laughs> 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 that crap. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's just just a lot of work for at, him. I think he's at sixty-seven appearances. I said a hundred and sixty-two. That's my going joke for the rest of the season. <laughs> is that he's pitched one hundred and sixty-two games and he's ready to go again tomorrow. Because that just seems to be just every game he's out there and uh, giving it his all. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm curious how many. I I know it's up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's pitched 67 played. innings this year. That's a lot for somebody yeah. like him, and that's got to be near his career highs as it is already. I knew he threw a lot last year. So, yeah, it's about the same as what he did last year. Right now. And there's still two weeks left. Well, just a little under two weeks. Yeah, eight, eight, eight games, including today's. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be fun to see how often he pitches. But I'm, I'm going to guess they're going to give him a little bit of a break because you want him available in your postseason. You need Simber. You need a bullpen with Simber. Yeah, which is why it's so mission critical for them to hurry up and figure it out this week. And with the rate, with the Yankees in town and then having the Red Sox in town, it would be really nice to have them clinch in the next, you know, four or five games here and then they don't they can get everything in a row the only thing that i think that you would be mission critical worrying about at that point if let's say things don't you know work out to that point we do have a playoff spot if you somehow have a chance at the division to get that by then you just go all in with whatever but that's fading by the day but we do have a little bit destiny in our own hands playing the yankees tonight and tomorrow as well so not out of the equation yet (laughs) but becoming less likely by the day. Sounds so. good. Yep. I think we're still down at this point, too. I think we're still down 2-1, I believe. Yep. And nothing much else has changed. But to that point, we were all concerned about Barrios. I, yes. 
Blue Jays, Dad, you've actually had visual on it and kind of sounds like you have the game on possibly too. Me being in yeah. Blackout City. How right, has man. he been looking? Give me your uh, <laughs> give me your eyes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've missed a little bit of it, but I saw in the first inning, he, I think he struck out the third out each of the first two innings. So I think when you see those swing and misses for that's strike three, he's, he's on his game. And that's the thing about him, right, is that he can go, you know, once again, a game where he, he gives up a number of runs, and next game he's striking out 13 guys in six innings. So th- that's why that's why I don't think you put uh, Stripling ahead of him. I think you keep Rios. He's kind of your, no pun intended, wild card to where he can give you that ace <laughs> performance, but it's got to be on a short leash. Yeah, and to that point, the nice thing you have in that situation where I agree with you as much as I kind of and pretty close to being on the fence about it having Barrios pitch that game is a normal role for him if he goes out he's lights out that's great where stripling has been used to being the guy that comes out in the bullpen with a clean inning or even in the middle of a thick of it and you know the fourth or fifth inning where everything's going wild and he has to wiggle out of it I don't think Barrios has that same Houdini effect to come out of the bullpen and no, <laughs> have yeah, that same kind of success. And that's no, that would be so. my personal worry in that situation if you start stripling and then have to throw Barrios in. Right. Right. So so now there's another wonderful wild card with the minor league season going and uh, ending ending this week. There's only two I think tonight and tomorrow night are the last two triple A games. Unless they oh, have really? playoffs, correct. I, I was I totally upset when I heard that. Paul Saints. I never got to the St. Paul Saints. <gasps> I promised. I promised Bo Barchette that he would get to go to a dog day in the park, <laughs> park in the park, and I, I, I was, I was DJing on both of their um, bring anything on a leash games. I had two of them this year. <laughs> Anything on a I league. love minor league baseball. Like, <laughs> I was just picturing Bo sitting there, just like looking at all these creatures, you know. And yeah. uh, he's uh, kind of, you know, it's his. It, sometimes his life is rough. Oh, pun intended. Yeah, that was a dad joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to that point, I'm sorry if I just, you know, let the oh, cat yeah. out of the bag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I have kids too. I get it. <laughs> so to that point, though, um, there is an excellent chance that Nate Pearson might all of a sudden get thrown back into this conversation as much to dis- wow. displeasure or dis- you know, improve. I don't care which way you slide. So what side you sit on the fence on. But to that point, he has had a decent run since coming back with the Buffalo Bisons. He apparently with the new rules, he technically can qualify somehow for a playoff spot because he's okay. on the forty man roster. Right, right. I believe is the new stipulation. Yes. You know, because this is the kind of fun we get to keep having as Blue Jays. <laughs> so, um, with some of the lower end parts of our bullpen, um, Blue Jays, Dad, do you think that is something with to the point we were just talking about swing and miss? out of our bullpen. Do you think that is something that is a current plus or a minus or an indifferent? For Pearson, if he's added to the pen. I mean, obviously, if he's on his game, uh, he's like acquiring a back-end bullpen arm for the postseason. So that would be be absolutely amazing. But I don't know. The major leagues, it's different than the minors. And, you know, he's had uh, 
flashes of brilliance, but also the inability to stay healthy, and that just nags some guys. Um, you know, you think of back to 2015, Marcus Stroman coming back from an ACL tear in spring training, and the guy comes back in September, and what was like three and zero or four and zero, and if you look at Stroman's September stats, my goodness, he was dominant. And then he started that um, game five of the uh, ALDS, where you know the bat flip game, and yeah. uh, so it was uncanny. Um, by the way, <laughs> yes, yes. So you, you look at any time you can add um, a, a player um, who you know he's he's coming back from injury. So one of the positives of that is that. He has not pitched the entire season. So his energy level is going to be different than a guy who's been going since uh, pitchers and catchers reported back in February. I mean, he's had a lot of a lot of rest. So I think you bring in that fresh gun, and that puts him ahead of a lot of the bullpen um, when, if he can perform uh, to, the, to the, his highest standard. Yeah, so... Ken, I'm going to present you with this one. I'm going to list off some names, and you tell me if he's a plus for sure over any of these names. If you look at the back end of our bullpen, outside of our normal, these are your sure thing, guys. we looking at Mitch White is going to be looking for a home because he's not going to be in the playoff rotation, only needing you know X many days with off days sprinkled in. you got Trevor Richards, who's been very in the right swing lately, but he was also going through a rough spot recently. Zach Pop, who they traded for with Anthony Bass, but Bass isn't part of this equation. And then you say Kikuchi. Those guys, I would think, are your tipping points. One of them's going to have to fall off the roster if you bring up Pearson. You think Pearson's a plus over those guys? Mm. A guy that can throw near 100 consistently probably out of the bullpen <laughs> yeah definitely sounds like it to be honest like I, I can't think of anything right now just go, going that list you just gave me i'm just trying to think i'm like there's nothing popping at you right nothing pops other than at the me name right zach pop yeah <laughs> Maybe zach pop. sorry i'm on the dad joke roll i gotta keep it going <laughs> sorry i take full responsibility it's all your fault, Blue Jays dad. There you go. <laughs> so, um, I tend to agree with you that it's just there's nothing sparking interest in there. And you all of a sudden, to your point, we get to have somebody just just mow through people. Or worst case scenario, just go out there and throw smoke for three batters and just hope for the best. Um, and I would think that they're still not going to use them in any leverage or anything. This would be... Rios or whoever, you know what? You're looking like you've been dragging a little bit. You've been doing really good in the start, but you're at like 100 pitches after five innings or something like that. You bring somebody like like Pearson in for that sixth inning where he can start it off clean, gets his three batters, he gets them out, or he walks a few, and then you just bring in somebody else to finish the inning. You have that kind of that window. It's kind of how I'm seeing is That's the only time you'd use any of those other guys that I had mentioned on the – that list there is my opinion. How you think? Anyway. I want, I want, I, I, I want to see Kikuchi become the uh, left-handed specialist. Yeah. I want to see him air it out for an inning. Kikuchi has swing and miss stuff. That's the biggest thing about him. It's just a yeah. matter of location. Uh, but he has stuff that's swing uh-huh. and miss. And I was actually really excited that the Jays 
acquired him. And uh, obviously it's been uh, not the season anyone was hoping for. But I'd like to see him just uh, – I don't, I don't know that it can happen this year, but I would love to see him become an arm to be reckoned with, um, like, like Brett Cecil was uh, back in 2015. And think of how much different that series would have been if we actually had Brett Cecil for the Royals yeah. series. Not yeah. having a lefty out of that bullpen kind of hurt us during that series. And by kind, I mean it did. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's, we, we lost uh, – well, think of that bullpen. I got mocked on Twitter the other day. Uh, I mean, I get mocked on Twitter every day. But the other day, <laughs> uh, when they were celebrating the 92 World Series, um, I was um, saying uh, they were talking about, you know, Tim Lynn, Ward, and Hankey as, yeah. as those three. And I said, hey, uh, I wonder if it's comparable uh, when we had Cecil, Aaron Sanchez, and uh, Roberto Osuna. I mean, like the, the game was over in the sixth inning back then in 2015. Yep. If you had a lead and you brought in those three guys, I didn't do the, the work of like looking up the stats and the war and the this and the that. But I'm going to guess it was uh, pretty comparable uh, what those uh, what, what those three guys did in 2015. Yeah, I'd say for those se- that season, you're definitely on point with that. Obviously, after that, uh, 2016, it wasn't exactly the same thing. And Aaron Sanchez becoming an elite starting pitcher that next year. Yeah, for one year. <laughs> for one year. I saw him pitch a few months, a few weeks ago here in Rochester. Who he's, oh, he's part he of the Nas- he's part of the Washington National System. Who is now since your twins have now moved cities, I got the Washington Nationals minor league system here. And when the Washington Nationals are trading their star players and didn't have backfill in the minors, guess who got a shot? And guess wow. who still doesn't look like he's going to get another shot? <laughs> Well, he was. I, I loved Aaron Sanchez. I only hope the best for him, but oh, yeah. it's rough to watch now. But then again, I also said Aaron Loop's career was over with six years ago, and we all know that he's got a nice lucrative contract well, with hey, the Angels hey, now. Hey, <laughs> I, I, you may have known this, but I was in Anaheim for the four-game set this year, and uh, the Jays won all four. I was four and zero to start the season, and uh, it was like it, it was like a throwback time machine. Uh, Ryan Tapera and Aaron Loop, and they make a big deal about both of those guys there. And I'm like, what is this? This is like a what year is it? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They have a they had a hitter of ours from the 2015 for a bit too. Did they? Did they? Then were they the team that started with Ryan Goins at the beginning of the year too? Uh, I do not. I know he's technically in the Braves system because Anthopoulos had to have him. Yeah, just doing so. him a favor for all the yeah the, the the key moments that he played for the Jays. But, Here's your uh, pat on the back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Goins uh, was to start the season. I want to say it was a Blue Jays hitter from 2015-16 that was also in their spring training cap because I remember seeing it watching spring training games is what I recall. Okay. I'm like, what? Like I did that same effect you did. What year is it? <laughs> and yes. why are their jerseys red? Is it Canada Day? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Josh Donaldson is up right now, and I got in trouble on Twitter last night for suggesting that I wouldn't be unhappy if Josh Donaldson hit a home run. And uh, I paid for that tweet. <laughs> so then uh, clearly none of those Blue Jays fans are actually the 
thousands of listens that John Gibbons got that week for having Josh Donaldson on oh. his podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, like just look back and think about having, Oh, uh, bad throw, pull the run, uh, first baseman off. Um, yes. just, to, just to think back about, uh, having Bautista and Donaldson on the same team, like those two and then, and attitudes. When. My favorite, Edwin. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to leave, leave Edwin out, but uh, that's Murder's Row for a baseball lineup, right there. But but those guys that you hate, unless they're on your team, they're on your team. <laughs> you love them. It's like they're yes. they're standing behind you, they're standing in front of you, beside you to win. And uh, exactly. that, that's why I will never let go of um, my love for uh, Jose Batista and for Josh Donaldson. They're yeah, gamers. Exactly. They're winners. And they rub people the wrong way because they're winners. Yeah, well, you know, I believe the exact quote was, "If you don't like it, play better." Play better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know what, guys? I I, sorry, I haven't said something about you know. You know who I miss? I miss the Whamco days. We won the first World Series. Can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. I was trying so hard to come up with a cool acronym like that on this show in 2016 uh, yeah. for that. Man, I couldn't do it. There's <laughs> no vowels. It's like, what the shit is this? How, how long did you spend on that? It was, I, so I, I kept trying to do it and make stupid You can see it. He's episodes. I'm sure if you went back into like about the episode 120 to 130 ballpark, you would find it. <laughs> So, oh, man. and to that point, I'll leave you with this one, and you guys can sound off with me, just like Blue Jays fans. And then we 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 have a reoccurring game on this um, that I actually sent in John Gibbons' way the other day through Twitter, and uh, he's pondering it. He hasn't had an answer for me yet. He goes, "I really have to think of this one." <laughs> it is literally everybody's got a podcast. It seems like these days, John Gibbons all of a sudden has a podcast. There's about 50,000 blue Jays podcasts and they, they all have fun, clever, weird names. So one of the handshakes that I've been trying to get going in blue Jays, Twitter has been take two people affiliated with the blue Jays could be managers, coaches, front office, people, players, whatever it is, take two blue Jays personas and name the podcast they do together. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, geez. like I said, you don't have to give me an answer now. Just keep that one churning, and if you got something fun, we'll tweet it out. You know what I mean? So the one just okay. to give you food for fun. Now yep. I'm not gonna sleep tonight. Now I'm not yeah. gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> I blame you. Got it. So sorry, <laughs> but it's a fun game that I've been playing with everybody, and I'm just gonna be a couple I thought of that I. You know, have gotten the you know the pleasure of time to keep evaluating. <laughs> so one of them was funny enough because I have to say this one because now he has a podcast, John Gibbons with Shay Hillenbrand, and is this ship sinking? <laughs> Golf clap that one. Another one, and because we are, <laughs> you got a standing ovation there, Craig. Look at that. It's because you have to be in Blue Jays media news and whatnot and know that stupid story of him writing that on the whiteboard and then John Gibbons slipping out and getting Shea Hillenbrand traded five minutes later to know that joke. (laughs) So the other one I think of, and we were talking about him a few minutes ago, Lonori Kawasaki and Mark DeRosa. 
oh, we already love this pair. There's the famous, you know, interview after it, which is the inspiration for this song, or for this uh, show title. And it's, I think I'm turning Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. So yeah. Bravo. use that for food for thought. And, I think it's um, for the next I've used that there. Yeah, there you go. I've used that for uh, a few various other things in like our fantasy baseball group. We were throwing, I threw that out in there last year to be goofing around. It was baseball in general. And there was somebody in the middle of the draft would be like, oh, and then throw out. <laughs> and everybody would just start, you know, cheersing and throwing out beer names and stuff like that. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, but who for thought? But anyway, before I give you guys your shameless self promoting plugs and or, you know, joke spots. <laughs> I want to talk about the uh, the series that we have going this week, where we're going. Hopefully, moving toward this Blue Jays playoff berth here as we wrap the hour here in a minute. In a minute, the Yankees are currently up three to one. Three one. We have one more game against them tomorrow, and I had it in front of me. But does anybody who recall who's starting tomorrow? It's uh, Cole it? and and uh, Mitch White. White. <laughs> I, <laughs> so. But we have a guy that wouldn't go by the Audi sign and, <laughs> and a guy that hopefully will at least throw it past it. <laughs> so um, to that point, hopefully we get some kind of a squeak win out of this tonight. How do you guys see that game going tomorrow? Is this gloom and doom or is that Aaron Judge 61 home run? <laughs> Place your wagers now. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I, I, I hope not tomorrow for, for Aaron Judge. Sorry, just don't want it to be a Blue Jay pitcher. <laughs> Hit it's a hit next series, just not us. It's only one more game. Just get him out of town, and he can hit it against the uh, the Orioles. I think they have next. I'd have to look, but yeah. I think they're playing somebody else in the division. Would be a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I I don't know where it's going to go in the next twenty four hours. But I think if they have to win a game tonight, it would be more efficient for them to be hurry up and trying to figure out Jason. Uh, yeah. Jamison Tyon versus trying to figure out Garrett Cole. Yes, they've had good success against Garrett Cole this year, but it is that chance that, hey, he is a legit ace for a starting rotation. And if the Yankees have then lost two games, he's going to come out trying his hardest to win that game and get them back on point. Stopper. <laughs> so I would think that hopefully they can figure out something tonight. But do you guys see that? coming it's a three to one comeback right now technically but it's at home this blue jays fandom has been crazy in the dome the last few days yeah i'm hoping we can pull it out at the end like it uh, they, they seem to like to get get the drama right near the end i used to like to think why can't we just win by a lot and just relax into the game end but no the jays got to make it work for us so then we got to start our blood pressure starts going up and down trying to figure out what's going to happen right near the end so I think they're going to follow suit. If we do pull it off, it's going to be near the end, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you think of Blue Jays, Dad? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, I think they have a shot to win both games. Uh, Cole's given up a lot of home runs this year. The Jays have hit a lot of homers. So uh, that, that's kind of my only hope there. Um, I think there's still a scenario alive that both the Yankees and the Blue Jays could clinch tomorrow night on the same field. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, to see the AL East in a postseason berth being clinched at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you don't want to see the opposing team celebrate in your house, uh, but it, it'd be unique. Um, 
Basically, one one more Yankees win when the Blue Jays lose is a clinched division title for the New York Yankees. Just okay. for anybody that hasn't been privy, they are currently seven and a half games ahead of us right now. As you mentioned a few minutes ago, there's eight games left. Math yeah, sucks. So they, they're, <laughs> they're not going to win the division. <laughs> I said it wasn't technically impossible, but... Impossible, but fingers crossed. I mean, hey, I, I want the Jays yeah. to get all the way if we could. Yeah, those couple dings against uh, the Rays over this past weekend really put a hampering on that fact. So, but yeah, yeah. Blue Jays, Dad, where you were, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. I I, um, I, I was really hoping that the Jays would, uh, you know, make a challenge for the East. You know, were they four and a half or four or three and a half? They were getting really close. And um, obviously um, not much of a chance left, but I'm not going to give up hope. But I guess so tonight, if the Jays don't win, then that scenario is not possible tomorrow. So Jays got to win tonight, and then if the Yankees win tomorrow night, I think that's when both, both teams clinch. And then I guess There's, the Orioles would have to lose once. Anyway. There is that. Because the, oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they're, they're out of the division right now, so you don't have to worry about them in that equation. Sorry, I was trying I to pull up tonight's full scoreboard so you can you know do your scoreboard watching and see what the Mariners and the uh, Orioles and everybody were doing for the remnants of the wild card. And, of course, oh. everything just went silly. <laughs> of course. Why would the computer work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is right now the Tampa Bay Rays are the second wild card spot, but they're only holding on to it by a half a game over the Seattle Mariners, and then the Baltimore Orioles are only three and a half back. So yeah, they got to battle. Thing is, Seattle doesn't play any of those teams over the next week, so they have to continue just to turn the crank and uh, win. Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays are winning. In the bottom of the uh, going into the seventh inning, they're winning against the Cleveland Guardians four to three, so that's still not any kind of a close to a clinch. The Orioles are losing to the Red Sox, so that might be the kiss of death. Thank you, Red Sox, for just knocking one more team out of the race after they've been mathematically eliminated. That was fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then my where's the Mariners? Oh, the Mariners are, you know, playing the Rangers at home, so they're not even in the ballpark of starting yet. So, good hour before that game even gets underway. But to that point, the Blue Jays are in perfect standing to take that wild card first position for that getting around the little three-game playoff series that the other two teams got to play with each other, and then Oof. we would get the winner of that series, and then hopefully the rest goes to the plan. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Biggest biggest problem with that whole thing is whoever wins that wild card gets to go through Houston next, and that's no, yeah. cup, no day at the park. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but if they clinch the first wild card spot, the best thing that will happen is we will not have to play another game at Tropicana Field. Yeah. That's, <sighs> that was officially over with by Sunday. <laughs> yeah, we were happy to leave COVID, as soon as that happens. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the COVID-shortened season 2020, remember they had their one postseason series was in, in at the Trop, where, and uh, they lost the first two games. They were out. And um, Jansen had all their RBIs. He had two home runs, three RBIs. Yes, he that did. Was it. That, that was it. That was it for the run scoring was Danny Jansen. Sneaky, though. 
Nate Pearson had an amazing inning that big in that game. Oh, oh sneaky. Like <laughs> so playoff experience, Nate Pearson. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, guys, unless you have any topics Blue Jay related, you would like to add. I'm ready to give you your plug time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken, you want to go first? Other than uh, this was your first audition for being on the show. Absolutely. (laughs) I had a great time with it, you guys. I felt like I learned a lot. I felt I got at least 5% smarter listening to you guys. So as long as that's there, more episodes, I'll get smarter. Eventually, I'll be more competent by the time the season's over. But uh, And his Blue Jays brain go three sizes that day. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But aside aside from that, uh, listeners can reach me on the SME Stories podcast. That's my podcast that I do right now on all your major podcast players where it talks about, well, not about baseball, but about small businesses. And it used to be just about Canada, but now it's turning into small businesses in North America. So listen to me there and you can reach out to me at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com for anything you might need. Good deal, Ken. Especially for voice Pleasure having you on the show. Now there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mr. Blue Jay's dad, uh, give us your shameless t- Twitter and uh, podcast plug, plug for yourself. Yeah, you can follow me on the Twitter at Blue Jay's dad. And uh, that's where I do most of my stuff because it's the easiest. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and also like whatever other social media channels. And I think I have one TikTok video from a couple of years ago. Um and, it's uh, mostly yeah. Bobark Bichette, but <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Bobark Bichette. Uh, we got him as a puppy this Christmas. That took over my accounts for a while. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, my podcast, which uh, I don't have any episodes for this season, is called the Blue Jays Dadcast. And uh, but my main thing I've been going for lately is uh, live Twitter Spaces. So for anyone that doesn't know what a Twitter Space is. It's just a live audio conversation. So there's no camera or anything you got to be afraid of. And you don't have to talk. Your microphone doesn't need to be on. You can just listen. But you can also request to speak. And I love having as many Blue Jays fans and fans of the opposition that want to get in on the conversation. Uh, I love to have you on and and, uh, have a big conversation around the game. So for this final eight games of the season and for the postseason, I'm, I'm hoping to be on after every game to uh, start, uh, continue the, the conversation about the Blue Jays. Yeah, good deal, sir. And uh, to that point, we hope to be joining in on that a little bit more, too, here at the Jay Bird Watching Podcast and, you know, merge Blue Jays' minds. <laughs> so, good deal. Well, thank you very much, fellas, for coming on the show, and it's been a great time. Obviously, we had a way too many shenanigans this evening, so I guess we're <laughs> going to have to do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. And to that point, Blue Jays Nation, we are here every week. It's usually a Monday or Tuesday. We do a live recording. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and you can join in on the conversation. I thank the few people that did chime in and weren't too shy this evening on the Twitter feed and <laughs> and uh, whatnot, so thank you very much. Um, in the meantime, if you don't catch the live show, every live show is literally copied, pasted, out to the podcasting universe. So make sure you get us wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from Spotify, Apple, whatever it might be. Or if you're just the one that's going obscure and getting radio public or whatever it is, (laughs) go for it. We'll be there. And until again, guys, the tradition here is always ending the show with two claps and a Ric Flair a la Caleb Joseph. (laughs) So I will do a one, two, three, and we'll do a let's go blue Jays. All right. One, two, Three. Woo! Let's go Blue Jays.
<laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.